it's great to see a lot of faces here and I see uh, mom is here for Emelina. Welcome. And uh, we celebrate all those that were graduating this week. Congratulations. God bless you. I want to f- finish off. I, I said I'd, I have two sermons. I still have two. But the other one, I'll preach it at the night vigil on Friday. Um, but I want to finish off with the series here in church on, on flourishing on this point. Um, and and just, just, just give you these two, these two points that you need to understand on top of all the other things that I've, I've been speaking to you about. And remember we said that to flourish means to, to thrive, or, or which is about growing and developing. And, and secondly, I said it is about producing. It's about being fruitful. It's about achieving success. Amen. You keep on achieving. It's achieving success because it is a continuous process. It is not a stop and start. It's a continuous process. You see, you, because when you, what you realize is once you've come to grade two, you want to go to group three. And in group three, you realize there is group four. And then when you have a PhD, you suddenly realize, oh, I could be a professor. And when you're a professor, suddenly realize, oh, I can be a head of department. And when you're head of your, I could be the dean. And when you're the dean, you suddenly, oh, I could be the rector of the university. And when you're the rector, you suddenly, oh, I could also become the president. Uh, and, you know, so it keeps on going. <laughs> and, and so I, and I want you to have a mindset that understands that you keep on progressing. Amen. It's great to have, to have a certificate, but it's about what do you do with it. It's great to have a marriage certificate, but make sure you have a good home. And you raise up good children. And you impact your community. Amen. Praise God. So it's about producing. It's about growth, and it's about, about doubling and increase. And, and I've taught you that, you know, the key thing that you need to understand is about what do you do in the times when it's dry. Your flourishing is going to be seen on how you handle the circumstances when conditions are not conducive. It's easy to flourish when conditions are conducive. It's what you do when the conditions are not conducive. And I just want to give you two points today. Number one is association. It is about the power of association. Flourishing needs good associations. So even in the dry place, make sure you associate with the right people. Make sure you associate with people that will move you forward. Associations are key. Who is next to you? Look at your neighbor. Ask them, are you a good association? I see Raymond looks to the other side, not to his wife. (laughs) Mm. This one you've already checked. By default. (laughs) Praise God. But see, associations make a lot of difference. And and number two, in case I'm told to stop preaching. (laughs) Sometimes the ushers can be aggressive, They know pastor likes to talk too much. Num- the second, ne- second, second point is, is bear your fruit in season. Bear your fruit in season. I, I know I told you about time l- last, last two weeks ago. Um, but bear your fruit in season. So those are the two points that I want you to understand 
um, today. Now, now let's go into it. Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3. Psalm 1 and verse 1 to 3 is where I want to talk from, and I'll give you some other examples as we go on. Someone says, blessed or happy, fortunate, prosperous, and enviable. All those words there, you can call them flourishing is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, but following their advice, their plans, and their purposes. No stands, submissive and inactive in the path of sinners, where sinners walk. No sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. You see, so if you look at those things, you see there is, there is blessed is the man who does not what? Walk, huh? First he's walking and then he comes to a place where he starts to stand and then suddenly he says, well, let me sit. And then in the end he relaxes and rests. You can, you can go to our YouTube channel and you can find the sermon where I talk about those different postures. But today I want you to understand that there's something about the associations there. See, blessed is the man who chooses the associations that are not going to make him end up with the mockers and the scornful. Blessed is the man who is going to choose the associations that are going to make him increase. Now let's go to verse 2. Verse 2 says this. Uh, it says this but his delight and desire are in the law of the lord and on his law the precepts the instructions the teachings of god he habitually meditates he has a habit of reading the word do you have a habit of reading the word ask your neighbor you know some of us read the newspaper more than we read the word we read our study books and never read the word. We read Facebook more than we read the word. And then after Facebook, we go to Instagram. And after Instagram, we are on Twitter. And after Twitter, we are on LinkedIn. And after LinkedIn, we are on Snapchat. And after Snapchat, we are on Reddit. And after Reddit, we are back to WhatsApp. WhatsApp is always in between everything. And you know, when, when the WhatsApp message comes with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you skip that one and you want. <laughs> and when they invite you to a group about prayer, you skip the group on prayer because you want to go to the group about football. <laughs> Arsenal versus uh, Liverpool. That's the group that you want to be in. Or uh, Feyenoord versus Ajax or versus PSV. Even my little son came, tomorrow is going to be a big day. And said, what is it about? And he says, Feyenoord is going to play against PSV. And I thought, my goodness, wow, where did you get to know this? Because he's on a group that talks football. <laughs> but, but blessed is the man who has a habit of reading the word and pondering the word day and night. He studies it. But more importantly, I want you to understand about the part on the top there, it says his delight and his desire are in the law of the Lord. Contrast it to verse number one, which says, you know, he does not go with the people that are not following the law of the Lord. In here, it's actually saying inherently that, you know, your delight is with those that are also delighting themselves in the Lord. Let's go to verse three. Verse three says, 
and ye shall be like a tree, firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Everything he does shall flourish. But there's a key thing there. It's about his association. The association says, I will stay with the people that are following after God. I will stay with the people that are godly. I will not sit and walk with the people that are not after God. I will not sit with those that are retrogressive, that end up in mocking and in shame. And I can help you to understand that because, you see, people that do not fear God and people that do not value the things that are valuable, they will bring you to a place of disrepute and shame. People that have no value for the things that are valuable will bring you to a place where you abuse yourself and are abused. That's what sinners and mockers and evildoers do. They bring you to a place of evil. But blessed is the man who chooses not to walk in that path, who chooses not to go in that way, but will choose to look for the things that bring life and the word of God brings life. Why? Because the Bible there says, he shall be like a tree, because he's meditating on the word of God, because he's feeding on the word of God, because he's staying with people that are lifting him up, that are encouraging him, that are bringing him forward, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in season. Watch out for your associations. There is a story in the Bible. In 1 Kings chapter 12, and I want to say this and, and give advice to, to, to somebody in the house today and say, you know, you need to watch out who's giving you counsel. Watch out who's giving you advice. Make sure the people that are giving you advice are people that are following after God or are people that are progressing. Amen. People that are producing. So here you get a, a story of a young king, the son of Solomon. He is called Rehoboam. And, and Rehoboam comes to the throne. And as soon as he had come to the throne because his father had died, Rehoboam comes to the people come over to Rehoboam and say to Rehoboam, you know Rehoboam, your father Solomon was beginning to become a taskmaster. He was very hard with us. Why don't you consider us and, 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 and at least lighten the burden that your father was giving us? And so Rehoboam says, this is a hard question. And so he goes to the counselors, the old men of, of, of the, of the, that are around in the house that were advisors to his own dad and to David as well. Some of them were still there. And, and Rehoboam consults of the old man that stood before Solomon. This is 1 Kings chapter 12 and verse 6. And the Bible says, how do you advise that I may answer these people? And the old men, they spoke unto him saying, if you will be a servant to the people, if you will serve the people this day. Remember I said this year is a year to serve, to sacrifice and to be committed. So he says, if the old man, and, and it sounds to me like there was a unanimous vote of the counsel to give to a young king, a young, a young man, a young brother, about to become the CEO, a young brother about to gain his PhD, a young brother about to start a company, about to open up a hotel and about to become the CEO of his house. 
he comes to the old man and the old man say to him, young man, if you want to be, have enjoyable life in your home, serve your wife. That's what the old man said. Be a servant to these people. You know, young manager coming into the company like some of you are going to step out when you leave Vahine. And you come into, your, into this organization and they make you the boss and, and, and you're looking for advice and say, young man, young lady, serve the people. So that's what they said. Serve the people. And what did the young man do? The young man thought, me be a servant to the people. The people that have been servants to me. The people that earn half my salary. The wife that I brought to the Netherlands. <laughs> ah, you know, some of the stories you hear, it's not about you. Some of the stories you I brought her to the Netherlands. Now she wants me to cook for her. Is she not your wife? Let me leave that one. <laughs> and they said, if you will serve them and you speak good words to them, they will be, listen to this, they said you serve them and they will be servants to you forever. Here is the secret young man. Be of service to the people. Sacrifice for them and they will serve you forever. The young man thought me be, be a servant to these people. How can that be? So he left the old man, went to his, went in the Bible, verse 8 says, but he forsook the counsel of the old man which they had given him and consulted with the young men that were grown up with him. Nothing wrong with the friends you've grown up with, but you need to watch it, which stood before him and listen to what they said. And he said unto them, what counsel give ye that we may answer these people who have spoken to me saying, make the yoke which thy father had put upon us lighter. And the young men that were grown up with him spoke unto him saying, thus shall you speak unto these people which spoke to you. The f thy father made our yoke heavy, but thou, but thou it lighter to us. This was the request, just make it lighter. They were not saying take it away, just make it lighter. Thus shall you say to them, my little finger shall be thicker than the loins of my father. My little finger shall be thicker than the loins of my father. And now, whereas my father did lay a, a heavy yoke on you, I will add to your yoke. And my father who was chastening you with whips, I would chasten you with scorpions. How wicked. Do you see the contrast of advice? And do you know what? I don't have time to go into the rest of the story. But immediately when Rehoboam answered the people this, everybody was like, oh, oh Israel, we have nothing to do with Rehoboam. And they rebelled. Ever wondered why in the Bible when you read that they sometimes say the king of Judah and the king of Israel? It was because of bad association. There was always just one Israel. But because of bad association, led to a bad decision, the whole nation was split up into two. And so where David was ruling 12 tribes and Solomon was ruling 12 tribes, in the end he was just ruling two. His son only ended up with two, Judah and Benjamin. The rest rebelled 
and found themselves another king who could make their burden lighter. Who could take the advice of the old men? And do you know what? The one who became ruler of the other ten tribes used to be Solomon's servant. Watch out for the associations and what the associations put into you. They put poison into his life. And what did he end up with? He ended up with poison. How can you say to people, my yoke, my little finger will be heavier than what my father was? How I've been, you have been beaten with whips, I will beat you with scorpions. Do you know what a scorpion is? If I were to bring a scorpion here, I'm sure about 75% of the church will run out. It says, scorpion is what I will use to discipline you. Wickedness in the heart. But wickedness in the heart came because of bad associations. If you're going to flourish, so where he could have led a nation of over 12 different tribes, 12 different provinces, he ended up with just two. That's not flourishing. That's going backwards. That's not going to be your story because after today, you will make sure that you associate with people that move you forward. Speaking to a young man in the week, and I said to him, he was saying, Pastor, my life has gone down the drain. I said, but who are your friends? Tell me your friends. And he started to tell me his friends, and none of those people go to church. He's a young man who used to go to church. Now, none of those people are going to church. So I said, you need to start off by changing your association. Change your association. Next time those guys call you to say, let's go have a drink, you say, no, I'm going to prayer meeting. Go to the house fellowship and make a friend and tell that house fellowship leader, please follow up on me. When you go to church, pass by my house and take me to church with you and your life can turn around again. What was the thing that made him go down? It was association. It was the people that were around him. So watch out for your associations. If you're going to flourish and produce, you need to have people that cause you to produce. Amen. I've told you about how, how I ended up, I told you some time back about how I ended up saying I can do it. It was because I had an exposure to people that could do it. Perhaps you say, but I don't have an exposure to those people. You can look for them. Say, please, just allow me to visit you and just learn something. I went into, and when I, and when I was young, <laughs> I just had an opportunity to, to be in the house of a bishop the bishop of the Methodist church in Zimbabwe, went into his house. And, and I saw how humble the man was, but I saw how well people took care of him. So when I went into his house and had a chance to sit in his house, suddenly I realized, wow, it can be good to be a pastor. <laughs> it just motivated me. Why? Because all along I'd seen pastors struggling so the call of God on my life was a burden. I don't want to struggle like those pastors. I don't want to. So when I went into his house, I said, it can be possible. And then when I got to know a pastor who was actually a CEO, left being a CEO and came into full-time ministry and said, you know, young man, I have learned to work so that the church is not burdened by looking after me. I said, God, that's what I want to be. And this is why I'm happy to serve God in the way I do. 
And when the church says, we want to offer you this, no, 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 no. Let me go to work because I know what I'm looking for as a pastor. But why it was the power of association. Power of association. It opens your eyes. I sat down one day with the marketing director of Unilever. You know Unilever, right? The company that makes all your margarines and your toiletries. Many of you use Dove and yeah, all those things and you spray and spray Unilever. <laughs> and so sit down with this marketing guy in charge of Sadak region at that time. It was in Zimbabwe. Sat down with him and he brought me into his office. He, I was just a small boy going to the same church with him. So one day he drives me in his car, big car. And when you're sitting in the back of that car, you suddenly realize, God, I could also have one. You see what association does? It lifts you up. My dad always drove a small car. He had a Toyota Cressida. He used to laugh at him about the Toyota Cressida because of a minister who died because of Toyota Cressidas. But that's the, that's the car of my dad. And one time he used to drive an, a, a, a VW Passat, which would boil up in the heat of Zimbabwe because it's not made for Zimbabwe imported from Germany but not working well in Zimbabwe because it's too hot so the engine needed a bit more customization but we had many days where it just started boiling and says you know what we need to have a 30 minute break so but dad the journey is 400 kilometers 30 minutes is a long so yeah but the car is boiling but you know sitting in this big twin cab brand new suddenly says you can make it you can do it you hear what I'm saying, church? I met a brother. You know, I used to struggle with tights. So struggle with tights. And this, this brother, <laughs> he brings me to his house. You know, he was a funny, funny brother. Senior guy. Brilliant engineer. And he studied accounts. Accredited, got accredited as an accountant by correspondence. Top student in Zimbabwe. By correspondence. You know what? He was reading accounts books like he reads a novel. I'm not as brilliant as him, but just being around him gave me hope, you know, to say, if I just spend a little more time in the book, like your brother, where is she? A little more time with those books. I might make it. So eventually, where I was just somewhere in the packing order of the class, by association with him, it brought me into a place where when they were looking for who are the top two in the class, I would, you likely found me there also. It's not always the first, but I was in the top two. Why? Because of association. And then he said to me one day, it was all about, it says to me one day, young man, do you tithe? He said, well, but tithing is a hard concept, especially when you come from a church which is mainline where they tell you that uh, tithing is for Old Testament people, not for today. Huh? So that's what they were teaching me at that time. As ah, tithing, you're giving your money to the pastor. So I had a, grew up with the mentality that tithing was giving money to the pastor until I met this guy. And he says to me, when I was a little boy, my mother told me to tithe. I said, okay, tell me more about it. And says, since I started to tithe, even the little pocket money she used to give me, now tithing is so easy. But you know what? It has opened my life to the brilliance you see around me. I was 20 and he was 23. He's telling me this. 
when I received my money for the stipend, I tithed <laughs> in university. I tithed because I had somebody who had a testimony that steered me on. I had grown up with associations that made me loth and despised when people talked about giving in church. But when I started to see a life that was blessed and he could equate his blessing to the giving, it changed my us. Uh, do you people hear what I'm saying? Make sure you have the right associations. And so I began to flourish. And I said to my mother, Mom, don't worry about giving me extra pocket money. I will tithe and I'll find my way. So my mom never used to understand that. I, and, and so at some point she just said, you know, I'll give you the extra pocket money anyway. But she didn't have to. Why? Because I started to see how God can provide for you in ways that are beyond your imagination. Where others were saying, this money is not enough. Suddenly, you do, I don't know how, what God has done, but it is enough. I've paid my rent. Nobody's chasing me out of my house for rent. And I still receive the same money as, money as you. But you are being chased out. They are saying, ah, please stay with us a little bit longer. Why? Because God is faithful to those that walk according to his principles. But it starts off with being able to have the right associations. If you stick around bad associations, you might marry the wrong husband. The power of association means we need to be able to network. We are young people and I need to tell you this. Be able to network, but check who's in your network. There are those you leverage on, and there are those who are just there to help push you through. Doesn't always have to be Christians. And say, Pastor, what are you saying? Yes, because sometimes we need to stand on shoulders of people that have just been there. In the workplace, not everybody is a Christian in the workplace. But you need to be able to network with people that move you forward. I have people that don't believe, and I found the things that I need to learn from them. And I learn those things and move forward. And they are also happy to teach me. And while they are teaching me, sometimes they say, tell me about your belief. <laughs> tell me about your God. You are very religious, Farai, and say, well, let, let's sit down and let's talk about this very religious. Because I don't think I'm very religious. I'm just a believer. And you know what? It changes the dynamic of the conversation. But they are there. Some will follow, some will not follow. But learn to key into the right networks. Amen. Key into the right networks. You need some of those professors. Once traveled all the way to Germany just to spend a day with a professor. Just so that tomorrow. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying people? And when my tomorrow came, he also came all the way from Germany. To come and be there for my defense. And afterwards, he says, young man, I want to collaborate with you. He started off with a journey to Germany just to be there. And said, so I'm coming here to see. And it opens the door. So the first postdoc I did was just because of these guys who said, we want to have Farai on our project. Can we write a proposal? The proposal was a formality because the money was already there but they just needed somebody. Imagine if I had not been wise enough to say who is going to be my association. Church, if you're going to flourish, if you're going to make good of the 
gifts and the talents and the blessings that Jesus has given to us, we need to know to associate with the right people. Associate. Some Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14 says, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15, 22. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Without counsel, purposes are what? Are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. In the multitude of counselors, they are established. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33. Be not deceived, for evil communications corrupt good manners. So whatever you do, make sure you know about the power of association and how far you associate. Amen. Networking, masterminding, collaborating with the right individuals will open the door to success in your life. And not only that, I want you to write this down. I want you to write, in, write this down. Your contribution in the network must make a difference. Your contribution in the network must make a difference. What is your contribution? Your contribution in the network must make a difference. You can put that on Twitter. Your contribution. God has called us to be the light and the salt of the world. Jesus says you are the light and the salt of the world. So your flourishing is not only about what you benefit, it's about what you contribute Say amen. amen. I, I know, whenever it comes to our responsibility, it's a challenge. But it's about what do you contribute? What do you bring in? How do you let others be lifted up? And can you be the one that causes that eventually water begins to go to the others as well? That the shade begins to go to the others as well. Why? Because you're bearing your fruit in season. Your contribution to making a positive impact is important in the network. You must make an impact. Amen. Number the, the last the last thing I would tell this quickly because part of it I've already told you bear your fruit in season. Bearing our fruit in season. The Bible says told us there that he bears his fruit in season. Bear your fruit in season. Bearing our fruit in season is about being able to kill procrastination. And using our time diligently. Using the grace that Jesus has given to us diligently. So bear your fruit in season. When it is your time, it is your time. When it is your moment, it is your moment. Bear your fruit in season. Don't leave it for another day. Don't leave it for tomorrow. Do it today. Do it now. Do it in the moment that God has said it is for you. Bear your fruit in season. And, and, and so the Bible there told us in Psalm, 1, in Psalm 1 and verse 3 that he bears his fruit in season. His, leaves, his leaf is there in the season. The fruit is there in the season for the picking, 
There is no withering. Whatever he does, he prospers. Why? Because he's understanding the seasons and the times of his life. There is a time to sow, bear fruit in the time of sowing. There is a time to reap, bear fruit in the time of reaping. There is a time of waiting, bear fruit in the time of waiting. Ah, church, you don't, you didn't, you didn't get that. Whatever state you are in, whether it is in sowing, in waiting, in reaping, in eating, bear fruit in all those times, in all those seasons. Bear fruit, be productive, be productive. Tell your neighbor, be productive. You need to keep on producing. And producing is a process. It's a process. And as you produce, you know you will be able to be a blessing to others because we are called to be blessings. We are not only called to be ourselves, we are called to be blessings. So be producing and be productive in every season. There is no time. There is no time. You will never get time. But you know what? With the 24-7 that you have, plan everything. Plan everything. Plan your time to sleep and your time to wake up and your time to go to church and your time to pray and your time to read the word. The other day my wife was saying, you've got a reminder on your phone that says it's time to read the Bible. And I said, yes, because if I don't do that, I wake up in the morning and, and, and once I get to start doing whatever I'm doing, I can just be focused on something that I might forget. So the reminder pops up and I said, okay, it's time to stop and switch and read the word of God. It helps me. It's time to stop and pray. It's time to stop and do something, something else. Put those reminders in and use your planners and plan everything. Plan the time to spend by yourself as well. Some of us have no time that we break down because we didn't plan to stop. We didn't plan to rest. And you know what? There will always be an assignment. There will always be something to do. There will always be another deadline. But can you also put within the deadline your time also to stop? Can you reward yourself to say, when I finish this, I'm going to get on a bus and go and see Volendam. Do you know there's a city called Volendam? Very cultural city. A town, if you want to call it village, maybe. But it's there. Go and see it. I'm going to work very hard and I'm going to stop and take my bike and go ride up on the dike. You know there is a dike somewhere close by. I'm going to stop and make myself a barbecue. Barbecue season is coming. Go to Albert Haino, Aldi, buy a barbecue pack, call a few friends and let's just barbecue and have, have, have time to rest. Why? Because we've come from outreach and we've gone for visitation and I've done my homework and assignments and now I'm going to tie. It's time to have a good barbecue. I've come from praise and worship. I've gone for the evangelism prayer meeting. Now I'm just going to sit and read a good book. I've gone shopping and I finished the shopping. Now I'm going to go back and just do window shopping. It's a good plan. <laughs> it will probably save you money if you do it like that. But plan it. We accomplish much by planning. And we accomplish less by not planning. 
because we are then always overwhelmed. And so this is why Jesus will say, while it is day, I must work because the night comes where no man can work. In the day, do your work because in the evening, you have to do other things. Let's rise up onto our feet. Proverbs 22 verse 29 is the last scripture I want to give you today. It's a scripture that helped me a lot when I was younger. It's a scripture I learned when I was about 17. <laughs> it's a long time ago, I think. How old am I, by the way? 20? Seest thou a man? I could count for 16. The other day I told somebody I've got three children. and said, what? What are you running for? And I said, I'm not running. I'm old already. <laughs> I just have a wife who takes good care of me. Seest thou a man? Diligent in his, in his business. Where shall he stand? Where shall he stand? And not before, before mean men. You see, the people that flourish are the people that will go higher. You will be noticed for flourishing. And you will end up with better company. That's why you end up before the princes and the kings. Because you are flourishing. Because you are producing. Because you are growing. Because you are thriving. Jesus, Jesus is walking one day and he sees a fig tree. Because the fig tree looked like it was in bloom, Jesus walked up to it. Why? Because those that are flourishing generally attract kings and princes. But I pray that you will not be like that tree. It had good leaf but no fruit. But I pray that you'll be like this. You will be diligent in your business. And that's what I want you to pray about. To say, Father, help me to be diligent in my business. Help me to be diligent in the things I do. Diligent with the people I associate with. Diligent with the people I surround myself with. Diligent, oh God, with the people around me. Diligent, oh Heavenly Father, with the work that I have to do. Diligent with my studies. Diligent in my job. Diligent in my home. Diligent with my family. In the name of Jesus. Father, help me to be diligent in all that I do. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray, help me, Lord, to be diligent. God, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, help me, Lord God, to walk diligently before you and diligently before men. Help me, God, to be upright, to be true, to be on time, to do the things, oh God, Jehovah, that I ought to do now in the name of Jesus. Help me, Lord God, to make the connections. My Father, that I need, oh Lord, to move me forward. I pray, God, that you help me, Heavenly Father, to make, oh God, the right associations, oh Lord. Father, not to stand 
and sit in the place of sinners and mockers and, and the scornful. Oh God, my Lord, not to walk in the way of the wicked, but God, to walk in your way, to delight myself in your word, my Father, and in the people that are delighting themselves in your word. Oh God, Father, I pray that God, oh God, the church, Father, shall find those people that will move us forward, that will move us further, oh Lord. And I pray that God, Jehovah, we will break out, oh Lord, of our associations, Father, that are retrogressive and seek for associations that are progressive. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that, Lord, if there are friends that are dragging us back, I cut those friendships. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that if there are friendships, oh Lord, that are destructive to our progress, Jehovah, cut them away from us, oh Lord, and bring us into a place, oh Lord, where we will have people that will steer us on, that will cheer us on, oh God. Father, thank you that there is a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on on our faith. I pray that, God, we will see that crowd and we will desire to be a part of it, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray for your people. I pray for your church, oh Lord. Oh, help us, King of glory. Help us, King of kings. In the name of the Lord Jesus, God, cause us to flourish. Cause us to flourish. Lord, help us to be diligent and our Father, we can walk and we can be in the place of kings. In the place of the gracious. In the place, O oh God, of those that are high. Father, may our gifts open doors for us, Lord, to sit with kings and princes, with the honorable, in the name of Jesus. May we not be found in the company of the mean, in the company of the wicked, in the company of the selfish, in the company of those, O oh Father, that lead to death. But may we be found in the company of those that will bring us to life. And I pray also, God, that, Lord, we will be also life. We will be light. We will be salt in the associations that we make in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Let the people of God shout, Amen. So on Friday, I will speak on a different angle about 